Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here. And alongside of me, my partner on the airways, as always, Sarah Jones. And we have a special guest with us today, one of the partners, founding partners at New Money Habits, Maria Casillas. But I'm going to start with you, Sarah. I think, if memory serves, you're still in Arizona, but where are you at? What are you doing? I am in Arizona, and I am wearing a sweater today because, gosh darn it, this is chilly. My hands are cold this morning, Nino. <laughs> Sorry. We we, so, we did that whole bait and switch. We sold you a bag of goods that, uh, that were the warm, you know, like, valley of the heat, uh, valley of the sun. That... that just not, we're not holding to that right now. No, and I feel like, you know, well, I will say this is warmer than it is in Colorado. Very thankful they have snow there. I am shoveling um, sunshine here, not snow. So I will take, I will take the sunshine, even though it's a little bit chilly, there's no snow on the ground. So um, that's a win for me. Yes, and I have uh, family back in Buffalo, New York, who are dealing with six plus feet of snow six feet i'm six feet tall the snow is taller than i am that's crazy yeah it is crazy who on earth would choose to live in that kind of environment <laughs> not i not nope. i one two three not it right, <laughs> right. nose goes right <laughs> Well, as I said at the top, we have a special guest with us today, one of the founding partners at New Money Habits, Maria Casillas. Hi, Maria, and welcome to Hello. the show today. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Always a pleasure to have you on when we can get you on. And uh, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on today is because uh, I'm just going to be a little self-deprecating for just a second. This is not an area of my coaching in which I excel, but I know that you and Sarah both do. And that is really talking to people about their values and how those values truly drive uh, their behavior with money. Now, to my credit, I talk to people about their goals all the time and we always kind of focus on what are your goals and why are those your goals? But I've just never taken it to the depth that I know you and Sarah can. And so I'm really excited to have you on today and to have you and Sarah kind of lead a conversation about really understanding our values and understanding, like I said, how those values drive our behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a fun topic for me. Uh, it's something that I, I think I, I read something somewhere and um, I started just applying a lot of that. I, I like to take things that I, I learn and start applying according to how my clients need things. And this has been kind of a birth of that for me, at least. And I'm guessing probably similarly for Sarah. So um, yeah, it's been really, really great. People are responding very well to it. I think it's something that is grossly missed in the financial mm. coaches um, arena myself. So happy to hear, be here to talk about it. I would agree with that too. And I'd even almost take it a little bit of a step further that when I applied it to my own life, the huge differences that it made for me. Um, and, and it just allowed me to look at how I was spending and investing money 
right before and the things that didn't feel right. And when I started looking at my true values and started having my actions be in alignment with those values, how much it really changed for me. And then it gave me language to use with my clients, right. And the people that I'm working with and, and, um, so applying it to my own life too, as well as theirs, huge game changer for me personally. So what are we talking about then when we talk about really kind of understanding the values? Like I said, I mean, I, I talk to clients all the time about what financial goals they have and, and we kind of fight, figure out why those goals are important, whether it's saving to buy a house or to get out of debt. But like I said, you guys are kind of taking it a, a step further. So what does that look like? What are we really talking about? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I can take it if you want. <laughs> um, my, my response to that, my initial response to that is a clarification. And that is that a lot of times I think when we talk about values, people start to, um, they start to think that we're talking about priorities and there is a difference between the two. And, um, and now they do go very much hand in hand and it's not like one usually is not seen without the other. However, when I am doing what I call a values audit with one of my either clients or potential clients, what we find is I'll just, I won't even give definitions of, of values. I won't give definitions of priorities. I basically just ask the questions. And the reason for that is because I want to see where their head is with that just to begin with. So I might say like, what are your top three values? And they will list things such as, you know, family and, um, freedom and maybe their home, right? They're, and then we'll ask what their top three priorities are. And most of the time they look at me and go, didn't you just ask me that? Like, isn't that the same question? And uh, even in one of our Facebook groups, we had a coach who was listening to the podcast that I'm a host on and kind of said, I don't understand this whole values thing. Like, isn't my family a value, you know? And so it's just, it's important, I think, to have that conversation between, for the distinction between values and priorities. So personally, when we talk about values, we're talking about some of those core things that are important to you. They give you an idea of, um, you know, what is most important in your life in terms of things like, authenticity or determination or curiosity or creativity, spirituality, stability, success, things that are not things, <laughs> more like concepts or ideas or things that we're aspiring to, not necessarily the people, places, and things, uh, even though we value people, places, and things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, um, As you're kind of outlining that, I'm thinking about like, one of the things that I value that is not a thing, it's an intangible, is honesty. Mm -hmm. Honesty is probably one of the things I value the most in life. Um, but yeah, that's that's not a tangible thing. It's not a widget. Mm -hmm. And how do you know that you uh, that you value honesty? Uh, one is I try my darndest to always be as open and transparent and as honest as I can be. Um, mm -hmm. and so it's just a behavior of mine. And then I know that I'm very appreciative when, um, somebody is being honest with me. Okay. So that last part, that's, that's kind of what I was getting at. You, uh, you feel a certain way when someone is being honest with you. And my guess is that you also feel a certain way when someone is being dishonest with you. 
Yes. How, how do you feel when someone's being dishonest with you? Oh, yeah. It, very, that, that's incredibly frustrating. Um, I, apparently, I can't even put it into words. That's just how turned off I am by dishonest. Dishonesty yeah, and, and dishonest people. And that, the reason I bring that up, Nino, is because I think um, what you said before was that it's just a behavior of yours. And while your behavior has been formed around that value, that's not necessarily how you know that that's a value. And so I think it's important to check in with your thoughts and your feelings when when someone is being honest with you and when someone's being dishonest with you. How does your conscience feel when you're being dishonest with somebody? How does your conscience feel when you are being honest with someone? It's just an important, um, kind of like a gut check to figure out, is that something that is one of my core values? And so I'm really thrilled to hear that your behavior has come around that and that you formed your behavior around that value. And I just want to make sure that your listeners don't think that just because they do something all the time, that that's the easiest way to define their value. Mm. Try that gut check. See how that emotional um, reaction is when it's being done to you and you're doing it to somebody else. I would also add too that it's okay, and this might be jumping ahead just a little bit, but it's okay if some of those values change over time, right? Because we we get into different seasons, and I think some of our values change, and I think sometimes we try and hold on to those things, thinking that we have to carry those into our future, and the truth is, is we don't. So tapping into that gut check, you know, really asking ourselves and digging in, as you said, Maria, I think is important because as we grow and as we become different people our values might very well change as well. Um, some might become a little bit more mm -hmm. important than other ones. And so um, it's okay to have those change, but really tapping into the way that you feel, that gut check again, uh, I don't think we use that enough. I think that's a, a, a tool that we don't use enough when we're talking about all different times, types of areas of life, right? So... Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think that, you know, there's a there's a ton of actual values. And while you may um, you may start to display them, inherit them, whatever the right word is for that throughout your life, those core values might be the things that change. So while you may be trustworthy throughout your life, maybe that is not one of the most core values. And and we all know that you only have a few core ones, otherwise nothing Nothing is core, right? Nothing's a priority. <laughs> you can't have priorities for everything. Otherwise, nothing becomes priority. So uh, with that being said, I think what you're saying, Sarah, like I, I kind of believe that some values have a compound effect, you know, where you kind of layer them as you, you grow from when you're a child into adolescence, into young adulthood. And I mean, you see all the way through, you know, till people are... 100 years old, their their values are probably layering and they're probably fantastic people by the time they get to that spot. But their core values might be those things that have been shifting and changing throughout. So great mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Maria, you mentioned a values audit. And so, and then you talked about like values being different than priorities. So where does that conversation often lead? It leads mostly to an understanding of the difference. The priorities are more along the lines of those people, places, and things that we prioritize. That's we're able to uh, be able to put things, our goal, set our goals according to that. And then we look at what are those core values that they have after we have some discussion about that, what that really means, and start to identify what those core values are. And the reason for that as a financial coach is for me to be able to help them spend, save, and invest according to those said values.
values. Uh, I just think so often, I think Sarah actually alluded to it earlier that when we are just looking at numbers, you know, a lot of, a lot of times it's just, you know, what, how much do you have coming in? How much do you have going out? And here's the difference. Uh, sometimes it's a negative difference and sometimes it's a positive difference. And, um, when we try to figure out what to do, whether we're investing the money that's extra or leftover or figuring out what to air quotes cut back on when it comes to the money that's, that has that shortfall, if we don't really take into account what's important to ourselves and to, in this case, our clients, we're not, we're not really helping them. And so anybody who's listening today, they, you know, you guys, you realize that yes, there are going to be things that you need to cut back on if you have that deficit, but don't just cut back on the things that everyone else around you is telling you, you need to cut back on, you know, you, you get to make your decisions based on what is going to serve you and your family well. And it's not just, it's not just that like self-centered you know, this feels good in the moment type of thing. It's actually, you're actually looking forward, but using the values as a lens through which to look. Mm. I love that because I think that um, oftentimes I find that people are, and I'll just use the, the term spending mindlessly, right? Because they're not really pulling in their values. And then therefore they think they've got priorities, but because the priorities aren't in a lot, aren't aligned with their values, it feels um, like this misalignment, right? And it feels very overwhelming and it feels, and and they get into these habits of spending just because they, that's the way they've always done it. And they don't um, feel like they know a difference. They don't feel like they know a different way. And so when you, you start to look at, okay, what are my core values? And then what are my priorities? And then you start to spend and invest. I'm going to pull in the word investing because I think that money going out is, is not only a spend, but it's an investment in your future too, in a lot of different ways. And so I want to, I, I want to pull that term in a little bit more, but when people are able to do that, it starts to take away some of that overwhelm because it just starts to feel better. And that gets back to that gut check. They start to feel better about where their money is going because they know that they're spending it in ways that it feels right. It, it's in alignment with their values. It's in alignment with their priorities. And it makes those choices of, you know, call it cutting back. You know, I just call it adjusting where the money is going. It makes those choices seem a little bit easier, right? Mm-hmm. That, that it, it doesn't feel as hard. It doesn't feel like, hey, I'm cutting back on something. I'm depriving myself. It really feels like, dang, this feels nice. Like, mm-hmm. whoo, what a weight off my shoulders to, to look at my numbers and have it actually feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Nino, you had asked a little bit ago about like when we start looking at those priorities, what does that look like? And I mentioned at the top of the podcast that when we, that these things go hand in hand. So for example, if you have a, a, a value of adventure, like that's one of your core values is adventure. Then when you are, when you're creating your budget, it's okay to include things that allow for said adventure. And you might not really care about, um, stability. <laughs> Maybe that's not one of your core values. And so if you, if you don't really care about stability, but you are all about adventure, then your budget's going to look very different from, you know, the, the father who's, core value is stability for his family. And, you know, maybe they'll go on a little vacation here or there, but if he has to choose between those two right now, he is choosing stability 
over adventure. And there's nothing wrong with either one of those, but the discussion has to be made with both things in consideration. I really appreciate that as an example. And I'll offer up another one because as Sarah was kind of outlining um, that process of spending in alignment with your values, I'm thinking about how when I started my new money habits and I was kind of just committed to, oh, I have to get out of debt, right? Like I have to get out of debt. Like that is a priority. It's a must, I must get out of debt. That halfway through my paying off of debt, there was a conflict in kind of my priorities and my values. I was staring out at the backyard. I know I've shared this story on the podcast before, but I'm staring out at the backyard thinking to myself, there's 2,200 square feet of untapped potential out there for my family <clears throat> to enjoy, for me to spend time with the kids, for the kids to get outside and kind of enjoy a safe place. And so I paused my debt elimination plan and said, you know what, I'm going to invest in a backyard. And so Sarah, I really appreciate that you brought that term to the forefront, right? Like that was an investment. That was an investment in my family. Yes, it was an investment in the property as well. So like down the road, it'll add value to the resale or whatever, but that really was an investment in something that I held as a core value. And that is quality time spent with the family. So um, just another example of how you might see priorities one way. And like I said at the top, as a financial coach, I'm usually like, all right, so your goal is getting out of debt. Like, we're just going to drill towards that. But I have an appreciation for, well, hold on. You know, sometimes other things that are more important and have more value need to take priority in that moment. And if I may, since you brought up your own debt-free journey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw mine in there as well and actually tell you that we didn't tap the brakes on ours because at the moment I was after like challenge, determination, dedication, like those, they weren't necessarily my core values, but that was what it was wrapped up in. And I, I mean, I, I went so, I was trying not to say something that's not appropriate. I went so to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Pedal to I would, the metal. Yep, we'll go with that one. Pedal to the metal, that's right. I I would make, honest to goodness, 48 cent payments to a credit card. And and I wish that I was exaggerating right now. I'm not. I actually did that one time. Um, and I, but for me, it was the game. It was the challenge of just getting it done. And when I did, I got to the end of that. And there was this very lackluster feeling about it. And that's where I started to go, something's not in alignment here. I mean, I, we did it. We had $130,000 turnaround in three years, and it felt great. But I remember saying that I would listen to a show. I'm sure you all know what show it is, where people would call in and scream that they were debt-free. And I would literally get goosebumps when people would call in. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, if I'm feeling this way when someone else does it, can you just imagine how I'm going to feel when <laughs> this is done? And when we got done, someone's like, are you going to call in? I'm like, no, no, it doesn't even, like, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel it for myself the way I felt it for other people. And I think it was because it wasn't truly in alignment with what we were doing. And so it was at that moment that we decided, you know what, 
we are going to shift some of this. And uh, and then when I was reading stuff about different ways, I mean, I took all all that I knew about, you know, the, the psychology of things and putting together some of the stuff with the habits and behaviors and just kind of formulated this whole thing because it, it felt right at the time. And I realized that's what was wrong earlier. And then it gave me a way to talk to my clients. And uh, yeah, so that it's, I share that because I, we didn't hit pause, but it's still, it, it wasn't in alignment. So it wasn't awesome. Mm-hmm. And that I love these stories because I think it shows how we are all in very different places and, and took these journeys very differently, but we've all really kind of come to the same place in terms of, we feel good with the values and the way that we're spending and investing our money. Right. And, and the, the journey isn't linear. And it's not the same for everybody. And I think I've shared on past episodes, but I'll share again, you know, when my husband and I were kind of in the depths of our, for me, it was very much a debt-free journey. And I'll be honest, I couldn't tell you what my, my values were at that point, but they changed over time and communication, effective communication, communication became a very core value of mine during that process because we were following a step-by-step, very prescribed plan that that's very common out on the market. And I wasn't necessarily okay with it, but I saw like this end in sight. And my husband, even though we were still going on vacation, right? We were still taking vacations. We still had Christmas. We still did these things. But for him, it wasn't creating the life that he wanted to live, mm-hmm. right? And so going through that, just putting down the numbers and not having effective communication is one of our values. We were not, and, and, and we got to the point, to your point, Maria, we got debt-free, right? We became debt-free and we felt within months, we were back into debt that didn't feel right even then because we hadn't really addressed our core values and we hadn't really put our priorities in alignment with that. And and um, it really has turned, like this huge shift has happened for me that we are 100% debt-free now and that feels good. But the second time around, we've been here for a, a while and that's because we did it in a way that aligned with our, our values and our priorities. And, and both of us got on the same page with that. Right. And, and we were Mm -hmm. working towards a common. So we took his values and mine and we put them together in a way that feels right for both of us. And I find that that lacks in a lot of marriages just because we don't talk about it a whole lot. And we don't know men and women feel very differently about money. Right. And we have very different core values as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And our priorities then are very different. So. So I'm picking up on a common thread, maybe, and I, I want you guys to feel free to challenge this. But as I'm listening to you guys kind of recap that we've all kind of started in a similar place and then we reached different destinations and we felt differently about those destinations. It's like, well, then what's the common thread? Because the common thread apparently isn't the program that we were all trying to adhere to. The common thread is it sounds to me, and again, challenge us if I'm wrong, that we all went from a place of whimsy and whatever to intentionality. We got intentional with our money. Whether we intentionally are paying off debt or intentionally pausing it to put in a backyard or intentionally selling off all of our assets to buy an RV so that... (laughs) 
we can go and travel the country. Whatever it was, the common thread seems to be intentionality. I would absolutely agree with that. The only word I would personally switch out is whimsy. Mm. And and the reason that I say that, and, and maybe some of us have been whimsy, but for me, it was rigidity. And mm. it, it was so rigid because it was a prescribed plan. And in my mind, I'm like, I, it was a means to an end. And I was so focused on the end that I was willing to do the means. But I did it in such a way that was very rigid. And I... I traded that out for intentionality. And so there may be listeners who are being very whimsy and they're just like, you know, I, I'm not really dedicated to some of this. And, and so I'm moving toward more towards intentionality. So I would say if you look at it at um, like almost like a number line, you know, intentionality is that center balance. And on one side you have kind of like, yeah, I'm not really doing anything or at least I'm doing it haphazardly versus on the right side of that number line. It's like, that's the rigidity. And so no matter which side of that, I'm, that line you're on or somewhere in the middle really as we gravitate towards that intentionality that's where we're going to start to really see some progress yeah i didn't like the the term whimsy when it came out because i was like looking for the real word and and i'm talking even before the program right so before any of us found the program and kind of decided like we need to do something different with our money what were we doing before that and haphazard is a good word for like maybe you just didn't know and it's like nobody taught me this and and I don't really know how to manage money well. I know I have to pay my bills. If I want a good credit score, I better put, pay them on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I want to keep this car or keep this house, I better make the mortgage payment and, and the car note. So I was looking for that word, like even before we kind of realized we needed to do something, mm-hmm. but being unintentional didn't sound like the right word either. But it's like right. you're just kind of moving and you don't know any better. Yep. And I'm really glad you brought that up because I think so many times we start on one spot and then we literally just swing the pendulum completely the other way. And that's probably how I ended up from haphazard to absolutely rigid and then finally found my center, (laughs) which was actual intentionality. Yeah. Very cool. And I think for some people, I just want to say for me personally, I needed a little bit of rigidity because that's a, a place where I thrived for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so I want to mm-hmm. say that I think that part of that is okay if that's where your story is taking you and that's what you need, because I think there are some people, we all need some different things. Some people need a lot more flexibility to, to move into a different space, right? Some people need that rigidity to get to a place, but it doesn't mean that it's forever. It means it's a short period of time. And then when you recognize, okay, I've created these new habits, right? Now it's a discipline and, and, and I'm feeling really good and I'm being very intentional. So maybe that rigidity then turns into something else. Maybe it morphs into to a different um, way of doing things, right? And that's okay. Yep. I love the word discipline there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As do I. <laughs> yep. The rigidity yeah. gives away to a discipline, you know, because I feel, I wish there was something else you said too, Sarah, that I wanted to kind of, Come on, that's just. I wish that we all understood that we go through seasons in our lives. You know, very little is forever, right? Like, very little is. I'm going to be on this diet for the rest of my life. You know, like, I mean, sometimes, but like, very little of something that we do is like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to do it for forever. And it's the same thing with our finances, um, especially because our financial landscape 
allows for those seasons. Meaning, like, if a goal is to become debt-free, well, once you are debt-free, that season is over. And you have entered into a new season. Um, you know, if you're saving up to buy a house and then you finally buy that house, like th that season has shifted. So, you know, I, I just like highlighting the idea that our lives are kind of seasonal and we do things for a time so that we build up the right habits. And some of those habits are going to be lifelong habits, but some of those are going to shift and, and change because circumstances have shifted and changed. And to both yeah. of your points, you know, that point and Maria, how you were saying, you know, kind of values kind of morph, right? And kind of um, compound over time. I think the same happens with, you know, seasons. And it's really about focusing on the process and not necessarily the outcome at the end, right? And so when we're, we're looking at what do I need to do, if I'm looking at my values and my priorities, that's the process. So the outcome that happens is is whatever it is, right? It, it doesn't, it, it might not work out the way that we thought it was going to, but because we worked on and we know that we did this in a way that really felt good because we were sticking to our values, right? And we put the priorities in place that, that fit those values at the time. And it's okay if the outcome, the, the end goal didn't necessarily happen the way we thought it was going to happen. It's okay because we used the best information that we had along the time instead of that haphazard, you know, just throwing money at it and doing this and doing that. When you can look at, at how did I really get here and feel good because you knew that you did everything that felt right, that's going to serve you for really the rest of your life because you've developed those habits and the, the, knowledge and just the call it a skill of checking in with yourself and saying okay yeah this is working this is great no this isn't so where can I make some adjustments now have my values changed a little bit are they have they you know compounded do I need to go a little bit deeper with this one and therefore then my priorities might need to be adjusted too and that definitely falls in with what season of life we're in so it's all very inter connected, right? There's this thread that kind of runs through everything, um, which is, makes the process beautiful. I think it's, um, it's beautiful and it's hard and it's all of it. I think too, one, one thing that seems to be missing, it, a lot of this is abstract, right? <laughs> and if there's mm -hmm. anyone who's listening, who's a concrete thinker, they're like, yeah, this is fine. But how do I know I'm in the right spot? Like, how do I, how do I measure any of this? And so I think it really is important to start to at least use this language as you're looking at your budget, as you're looking at your spending plan, as you look at what, what are you investing in and ask yourself, you know, what are some of these values that I have? And then name them. And then actually go through your numbers and say, how much of this is going towards value A, value B, value C, or uh, or you could bring priorities in here as well, but really start to like lay the transparency over each other, right? So you're understanding how it, how do I get it aligned? Because for example, if you value, um, I don't know, like the idea of paying it forward, you know, charitable stuff, and you've got zero dollars that are actually helping anybody else, no wonder you don't feel like you're doing what you say you mm -hmm. want to do. And that 
the, the numbers are, are feedback. I always say that, you know, numbers are, that's all they are. So just feedback. It's a way to measure something, but it's also a way for you to go. If I want it, if I say, you know, I want ultimately 25% of everything that I do, I want to be able to help other people. Well, what does that look like? And where are you right now? Is it 4%? Is it zero? Is it 15? You know, is it 40? Because if you're, if you're giving away all of your money and you can't do what you need to, that, that's not, that's not in alignment either. And so being able to use the, that language and start asking yourself, where, where am I over and where am I under and how can I adjust that a little bit? Kind of like a chiropractor. I, I really appreciate that example. And I want to offer up another one that I, I, I'm pretty sure, Maria, I've heard you use. It got me thinking about, so one of my values is, Actually, one of my love languages, if you're familiar with the, the five love languages, is quality time. And, you know, when it's like my birthday or something, I don't really much care if you get me a, a gift. But if you come over and we hang out and we break some bread together and play some cards, I'm over the moon. So um, it got me thinking about, uh, I, I think you and I were talking the other day and you're talking about like, spending money at Starbucks, right? And how like there's a difference when maybe you've budgeted some money to spend at Starbucks because you're meeting up with a friend or a loved one for that quality time. So it's really not about the drink or any of that. Mm -hmm. It's you're, you're allocating those dollars for the quality time value versus if you just kind of happen to find yourself at the, the drive-thru haphazardly and you're like mm -hmm. how did i end up here so that intentionality yep. versus that haphazard can't say that <laughs> word so uh not going to try a second time but <laughs> it's it's the so often like i said at the top i just kind of look at the numbers and i just i'm i'm the most practical like uh, physical trainer money coach that I can think of where it's just like, I'm just going to drill you on the things that we talked about. <laughs> you don't want to sp spend at Starbucks. We're not spending at Starbucks versus, <laughs> Oh, but you want to go to Starbucks to meet up with your sister because you guys haven't connected in a couple of months and, and quality time is important to you. Well, then you should do it for those, those reasons. So I just think that's another example of, it's not about the line item eating out or whatever it's have I allocated money to do this thing that's important to me, which is spend quality time with others. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And um, I know your listeners probably don't know this about me because this is only my second time on your show, but I'm a homeschool mom as well. And um, I have, I'm homeschooling my nine-year-old who thinks very differently than so many other children. She's got some delays, but I think the biggest the biggest difference that I've noticed is she's is 100% a concrete thinker. Now you throw anything abstract at her and it it's going to be at least 4 days before I can help her understand that and then we'll forget it in two. I mean, like these are some of the struggles that we're having. And so I I really understand the need for concrete sometimes because of her. So when you brought that up, I'm like, you know what, your listeners might want something that they can go home and do right now, as soon as they hear this. And here's something really simple to do. You brought up the eating out amount. I mean, that putting that in your line, one very simple tweak you can do just to get your mind thinking about some of this is make two line items for eating out. One of them is eating out for connection. And the other is eating out for convenience. That one shift will 
at least have you thinking about why are we why are we spending these dollars? And I can tell you that I used to just have a, an envelope for eating out. That was it. And when it was gone, it was gone. And it usually was gone pretty quickly. And it was usually on convenience or laziness because that's just how it was. And now we separate the two so that if we end up with no money left over for dining out for convenience, well, mom has to figure out a way to make some dinner that night. But we have not let go of the idea of when we want to sit down as a family, no phones are allowed. <laughs> like, there, you have to actually connect with somebody. And it could be whether it's with a family or with, you know, friends. Um, but ours, we, we have a large family of six. And so it costs a, a decent amount of money to go out and eat. Um, but we like to do that. And so we make sure that we have money built in for that connection. Again, just that one small tweak, it will at least make you think before you call your husband and say, hey, you know, can you pick up something on the way home? Because I just haven't had a, had a day, you know, to, the time to do that today. Yeah. I appreciate the, the concrete examples. And I imagine our listeners do as well. Uh, this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation. Um, I know for me, I would love to have you back on, Maria, in the in the near future. We can talk a little bit more um, about values in, in some other ways. But um, you know, I think I think we've given our listeners enough to chew on, pun intended, since they're going to go and make a <laughs> eating out for convenience and eating out for connections uh, line item on their budget. Um, but thank you for spending the time with us today, and 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 I appreciate both you and Sarah just kind of leading a conversation in in an area that uh, I have to admit, I'm going to have to implement this into my own financial coaching with my clients more often. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we'll continue this conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.